You're listening to Nathan Shansky, and this is the Passion with Purpose podcast. So on today's episode, we're going to be discussing sales, how to sell, how to not sell, everything in between as told by my experience buying a house that needed a lot of renovation. Uh, Not only that, but this house needed a lot of contractors for things I couldn't do, which means I was working with a lot of people trying to sell me their services aka sales. So I worked with and hired a lot of contractors in the process of renovating our house, and I didn't hire a lot of contractors as well. And I want to talk to you about a ton of sales lessons I noticed while working with them all. Things I did right, things I did very wrong. (laughs) Sometimes the things they did wrong can kind of make even more lessons. So I thought this would make a perfect first-hand episode, kind of like a fun way to describe and teach on sales. Um, So are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Are you an aspiring creative entrepreneur or established small business owner with a fuel to pursue the things that light you up like nothing else? If so, you are in the right place, my friend. My name is Nathan Shansky, and I'm a photographer and photography business educator. On this podcast, I'm here to drop nothing less than weekly truckloads of business and marketing tips, mindset shifts, and transformative wisdom from my life and career to bring you into the highest potential self that God created you to be. I will see you right here each week and let's commit to learning, growing, and achieving our goals together one bold step at a time. Okay, so I am very excited about this uh, because, I don't know, it feels like this is almost like a roast for like the contractors I've worked with, but like not a roast because I don't think any one of them would be listening to this. That'd be really weird if they did. If you're listening and you worked with me as a contractor, please don't take any of this personally. I think you're a great person. (laughs) But as many of you know, so my wife Kayla and I bought a house this past June of 2022. And I, yeah, we definitely needed some sizable renos. So just to explain, like we bought a house that needed all new flooring through it. It definitely needed like all walls painted. Uh, I'm trying to think what else it needed. New roof needed new, definitely the whole kitchen needed a reno. I'm trying to think of other things that were like super major in it. Though uh, all like, no, the basement was, I guess, fine. I was going to say the basement needed to be gutted, but actually just was just the floor, which would encompass what I said about flooring. Anyway, all this to say, it definitely needed a little elbow grease times 10. So throughout this process, obviously, we were working with a lot of contractors, and actually, we still are pretty regularly. And it's very interesting to see how they all worked with us as a client or a customer. And sometimes they'd work more with Kayla and sometimes they'd work more with me. Um, And, you know, it's just so interesting. So I thought, why don't I make an episode about this? Just kind of basically how to sell and how not to sell. And this is basically mistakes I've noticed these contractors make and good things they make. And again, I don't say all this to put anybody down. It's more just, oh, this is almost like an anonymous way to give an example of situations that have been in my life that I have actually massively learned a lot about how to sell my own services. So 
the first one we're going to talk about, we're actually going to have, let's see here, how many do I have? So I have like four different instances, kind of. First one we're going to talk about is the roofing people, okay? So we needed, we knew when we bought our house that we were going to need a brand new roof because we just, I don't know, we were walking through it and I remember our realtor just being like, just already bake into the cost. You need a new roof. Um, and the one you have is just not going to last probably another winter. So we were, you know, expecting that. So called up a bunch of reef guys, right? And to have people come out and give us some quotes. So the first I want to talk about is the good, right? Let's start positive. So um, this guy that came out, oh, sorry, I didn't clarify. I'm only talking about one person in this specific instance. Some of the other ones I'll talk about two different people and compare them. But this was only one person that we were talking to about the roof. And this was the person we didn't hire. So I'm going to give you good things that he did and then bad things that he did, okay? We hired someone completely different. So the good that he did was when he got to our house, he did a really good job at kind of building that relationship. Um, If you know the word rapport, he built a lot of rapport um, and just really showed himself very professional. And he explained things very well in a very easy to understand way. He communicated the value of his products very, very well. And so it was like, check mark, check mark, check mark. Like this guy was pretty slick. I really liked um, how he did that. Um, so the bad, this is kind of like where I found it really lacking and just wow, I learned a lot. So something that he did that was very frustrating for me is that he probably, when he came to our place and he you know gave us all this like monologue about what we could put on our roof, like what types of shingles. This monologue was probably the better part of an hour to an hour and a half. And I don't know about you, but an hour to an hour and a half is a lot of time in a day. And at this time, we were just moving and we were trying to get things done in a timely fashion. We were driving from... um We were driving from our first home to our second home. And so it was just... It was a lot of going-ons at the same time. And so you know, an hour and a half on a weekday was like kind of a lot of time. Um, So yeah, it was a long monologue and he waited until the absolute end to show me his pricing. (laughs) And let me just tell you, the pricing wasn't even remotely in our budget for our roof. We had known going into it what we wanted to pay on our roof. We didn't want a hundred-year roof. We were prob we're probably only going to be staying in this house. Our plan is for like two to three years. It's more of like a starter house rather than a forever home. So we really weren't in a place where it, I mean it was like a kind of like a soft flip. Like we're flipping it, but not like flipping and selling. Like we're renovating it and then selling soon. Unless this, the market does something weird. But anyway, all that to say, we were not looking for something that was going to be this 100-year investment, right? But that's basically what he quoted us for. And he waited till the very end to show me his prices. And I actually had to ask him for the pricing that he gave us because he would uh, he would never give it to us. And I was just like, hey, fi- finally, like when I was ready to burst, I was like, hey, what are the prices? Can we know how much this costs? And so then he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, let me, let me, let me pull this up for you, whatever. And then he like showed us the prices. And I'm just telling you right now, 
It was so frustrating for me that he waited so long. Not only did he waste our time because we, I could have told him like right at the beginning, like, bro, that's just not even remotely what we're trying to spend. But he also waited so long, which gave me the impression that he wasn't even confident in his own pricing because he had, he was so scared to show it to me. I mean, it was like visible that he was, I mean, maybe it, maybe he wasn't actually in reality, but it seemed like he was so scared to show me the prices and it was so, frustrating in that way. Like I felt frustrated for him that like, it's almost like he shot himself in the foot because he just came off as so non-confident. And then it was this, again, even like the idea of like the long monologue just was like frustrating to me because I was like, I do think that we could have consolidated that and not made it so long. So whatever, neither here nor there. Anyway, another thing that I was, was really disappointing was and this is something I really want you to understand and kind of take for yourself as you sell your products or your packages, especially as a wedding photographer. He basically told me and made this uh, kind of pitch that his best product that he had, which was his most high-end product by kind of a mile, was his only good product. And so he showed me these other products that he had, but they were definitely very he made them sound so cheap and so subpar he even did like visual demonstrations in front of me showing me like yeah this is garbage all this stuff and like these type of shingles are like absolute garbage and da 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 and this is what happens to them when like any sort of wind comes along whatever and it was just to me i was like dude what are you doing like never like you're basically pumping up your top package or your top top product which is is good but you're doing it at the expense of your lower product. So now I've lost trust with you because what you're basically telling me is that you're still selling me a product that ultimately you don't believe is a good product. Why are you selling a product that you don't believe in? You know what I'm saying? So to me, it, it lost trust for the product he was actually trying to sell because I was thinking to myself, you're telling me that a, there's there's a product on your roster that you think is garbage. What's what's like assuring me that the top package you have isn't also a crap product because the other one is and it's still on your product list. So, please please take note of that. Do not rip on your lower packages or do not even make them sound like they are just any sort of garbage just to promote or inflate or puff up your top package. And then the last little thing that he did that was just like a little like, eh, for me, was he basically, in not so many words, I don't remember how exactly he said it, but he basically said something along the lines of communicating how in high demand he, he and his company were. And it almost, I just remember it came off, it didn't come off as a you know, for me, the customer, wow, like, I hope I can get in with them. And like, wow, like, everybody must be working with them. They must be the best of the best. It really came off to me as a, <laughs> I don't really need you kind of a way, almost like sassy. And it almost felt like he shared, like, overshared too much behind the curtain. So it felt humble braggy about how his business was doing and it was just a total total turn off to me um so anyway i just want to give some lessons of this whole situation number one 
Do not bore clients with long sales pitches, even if you think they are best and even if you think they are going to sell your product better. I do think that a lot of times when you do this, it can really give people a bad taste in their mouth because you're kind of wasting their time and you probably can consolidate all of this into a smaller little pitch. And frankly, they've probably done so much research on your website and your social media to know a thing or two about your business and what you offer. When you get to them to kind of that sales pitch, I feel like, no, I not feel like, I think and believe that it should be more of a close rather than a uphill sell. It should be more like that last little 5% to actually getting them over to booking you. It shouldn't be that you're hauling up the hill like the last 50% to get them to book with you. Secondly, I do think that you shouldn't be in a place where you hide your pricing. It really shows a lack of confidence when you do that. And I think it wastes not only your time, but the time of your client as well. If you guys don't know right off the bat the pricing, I'm of the idea that on the second contact with somebody, you should have, they should have your pricing. And so, for instance, if they are on your website, that's kind of the first contact. When they reach out to you, over email, that's kind of the second contact. And I do believe from there, that's when you should send your pricing to them because they've basically done kind of two main things that have really moved the ball into your court. And now it shouldn't be up to them to kind of make one more contact to get just your pricing. Again, I think the most confident salespeople don't don't hide their pricing. They're confident about it, even if it's high-priced. In lesson number three, nothing you offer should be an, should be a bad option. When I was talking about how he kind of made his lower package just this garbage look, uh, it breaks trust. It doesn't make me excited about what you offer because I have a bad taste in my mouth about everything because you you just ripped on your own product. And so I would say don't ever promote a higher package at the cost of a lower package. Don't call. So this is something I see on so many photographers' websites. Um, They will, and pricing guides, they will basically say, you know, my my first package is the luxury package. It's like, you know, all-inclusive, all the things in it, highest price. And then the second package is called the plus package. And it's got like the middle of the line stuff into it. And then the third package is called like the basic package or something like that. And so basically what you've done The basic package is exactly what that is. It's basic. Who the heck wants to book the basic package? Why would you want to book the basic package? You can never charge premium rate for the basic package um, because you've just like shot it in the foot by calling it basic. So to me, what I would always do is make sure you sell every single package you have with just as much fervency. Now, again, each different customer client is going to be better suited for certain ones. So that should kind of tailor what you promote for that specific customer best or most, but don't ever title or reinforce with just your opinion and your voice that one of your package is just garbage. Then don't even have it there. Okay. You know, have like, call it like the luxury package, maybe the awesome package, uh, the, uh, the premium package or something like that. Like, so all three of them do sound good. Like you can, you can kind of have like, you know, all three do kind of show a little bit a difference in value, but they should all be positive names. They should all be positively talked about. Okay. Number two, I'm going to talk about the tale of multiple insurance agents. So when we're, this isn't, I guess, contractors, it's a little bit different, but when we were 
actually getting in touch with insurance agents to um, get insurance, to get homeowners insurance, we kind of got in touch with multiple different agents, right? From multiple different companies. And the ones, I'm going to first talk about the ones that I didn't hire, okay? So the ones that I didn't hire, when I would reach out to them and I would talk to them, what I would get from them is like, let's say if I had questions, I'd get short one, literally like one sentence emails or almost like two word emails, right? And it was almost like when I reached out to them, a lot of them seemed slightly annoyed almost at my questions and kind of in this tone, oh, I don't know, that they just had it in the bag, so to speak. And, oh, they knew where they were going to get us or something like that. Um, and it just like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to give you my money. I, I just really don't in that type of situation. That's just not not what I'm looking for. And so I want to talk to you about the one that I did hire, the one guy that I did hire. So he had a higher price, by the way. And so just so you know, like higher price doesn't always, I mean, lower price does not always guarantee you the sale. Um, He served us so freaking much before he actually had us as his clients. He, I mean, he gave me, he called me up he gave me personal advice. He talked to me about how, you know, like, hey, this is your first home that you're buying. And I just want to talk to you about like XYZ and just like how this process is going to go. He really developed a relationship with me and Kayla and like talking to us. And I forgot what exactly he all like said, but I just remember feeling so seen and I didn't feel like he was trying to squeeze the most money out of me. Um, he mentioned me and Kayla by name as if he knew us and really cared about our well-being. You know what's funny is he even recommended this is this was kind of like the moment for me where I was like okay I got to take notes on this dude. He even recommended by 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 when we when he heard all of our situation he even recommended that we don't go with him. <laughs> because he was not the lowest price for us. He was like, hey, I ran some numbers, and actually, right now, it would be good if you went with um, XYZ company because we are not going to be the cheapest option for you right now. And I think that you will probably... He's like, I I can try to get you lower rates later in the year, but right now, I think this is the best option for you. Massive trust was built. I can't even tell you how much was trust was built in that type of a situation where he was willing to give up gaining the client just so that he could sow into us and our well-being and do what was right for us. Well, turns out over a series of events and I don't even remember all what happened, but Kayla and I like I don't know how we did it, but we basically devised some sort of way in which it was actually best and highest value to go with that second guy who we really, really liked. And I don't know. I don't even know how we did it. But we found a way to go with him. And we ended up going with him even after he had told us not to go with him. It's like we had, we actually found a way to convince ourselves to go with him because we so trusted him. And I mean, when you're buying a house and you're trying to get homeowner's insurance, these are going to be the people that you call when you're in the situation where let's say your house burned down or there was like a massive water damage or something like that. And so we were like, yeah, we want to be with someone we trust. 
Hey photographer, so if you're anything like me, editing photos to get that exact look you want in them can be a pain in the freaking butt. Am I resonating with you a little bit? Now, I've tried buying many presets out there to achieve my look, but could never find what I was looking for. And even the ones that I have tried and even like, most of them I don't even know how to ever like use or adjust them for my photos. So you know what I did? I just made my own photo presets called Amber Presets. I'm dead serious. I went all in and created six color presets in this pack, all based on very similar qualities that preserve timeless, true-to-life color while still giving that nostalgic, grainy, and creamy vibe we all adore from old film. The pack also comes with nine tweak presets that help you customize the presets for each photo, six adjustment brush presets to add that extra pop to your images, and three black and white presets. I cannot tell you how obsessed with them I am, so much so that I had to release them for you too. Now, it was important to me to put you in the driver's seat with these presets. I even give you over two hours of on-screen editing training explaining how to use them in Lightroom, a complete panel-by-panel breakdown of how I built them in Lightroom, and a massive watch-me-edit section where I edit tons of different photos with the presets. I want you to feel like the creator of these presets because of how much you can customize them, how much you know how to use them and how they were created, and how they will enhance, not distract from the raw beauty of the images that you took. So if you know you want to try them out on your own work, head to nathanchansky.co slash presets, or I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll make sure you can see those before and afters and get all the details in the landing page as well. Seriously, can't wait to see you using the Amber presets on your photos. So I just want to give you some lessons here. They should be kind of obvious, go without saying type lessons, but I'm just going to say them for all and all, yeah, just all that don't maybe understand. Serve, serve, serve. Run your business with integrity and care truly (laughs) about the people that you're serving. It will pay you back. And I mean, don't even do it just because it's going to pay you back, but seriously, it will pay you back. Personability, being friendly, being relational, Take the time to do those things. They really go a long way and they really make an impact on people. I mean, just something, again, like as simple as calling your clients by their names and remembering their names. Uh, And then another thing to just remember is that price is not the only factor of competition. In fact, it's pretty low on a lot of people's lists. For me, like a lot of times, it's very low on my list when I hire somebody. So don't think of yourself as, oh, if my prices aren't perfect, I'm immediately... Uh, disqualified from the game or I'm disadvantaged in the game. That is not the case at all. Frankly, being mediocre in pricing often disqualifies you before being too high or too low. So I would just remember, if someone wants to go with you, if someone actually understands the value of you, even if you're way higher priced than somebody else, they'll find a way. They'll find a way to go with you. They'll find a way to, f- to get the money. I mean, the money's there. You, they just have to find it, right? So... Let that be your little lesson from our situations with the insurance agents. All right, uh, number three, cabinets. So we got, this is more, we actually are still in kind of the process of figuring out which we're going with and how we're going to do the cabinets in our kitchen. But this was kind of the process of getting a quote, right? So the person I called first to get a quote for a cabinet refacing was, um, I don't know, I don't remember who it was, (laughs) but I remember they said, we can do your cabinet quote virtually. We can also do it in under an hour and we can also do it 
with just one of you there. And and by the way, I don't think these things were uh, their typical standard process, but I asked them. I said, hey, can we do this maybe virtually instead of in person so that you guys have to like come over here? Uh, and I also said, is there a way... Because they said, oh, I think it takes an hour and a half or up to two hours. I said, oof, that's a lot of time. I said, is there a way we could do it in an hour? And they said, uh, yeah, we can try to do it in an hour for you. Awesome. And then I said... Well, I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, they said they said just one of us needs to be there. I said, my wife is going to be at work that day. She can't make it. Is it okay if I'm just there? And they said, yeah, that's fine. We can make that work. The second person I called for cabinet quotes or third or something, but it was pretty back-to-back. I remember this company, first of all, this person answered the phone so unfriendly. I know that's not even like maybe a word, but just not kindly at all. And it was not fun to talk to them. And basically what they said was this consult or this quote has to be done in person. We have to come over there. They said it must be two plus hours and both spouses must be there. And when I pushed back, there was absolutely no leeway given. I mean, they they were rigid. This person was not going to bend for me. And they were almost sassy when I asked these things. And I'm just telling you right now, it was like, I I got off the phone with them and I was like, there's no freaking way. Like, there's no way I'm working with them. Because to me, if you aren't even willing to serve me in how you come and get a quote, I mean, how how I, sorry, how you give me a quote and you're not even willing to bend with me there, then this relationship is probably going to be a terrible one just from from that little preview of what you showed me. So the lesson here is, If you have a system in how to book clients or how to work with clients, be willing to honestly throw it out when it comes to serving your client and to make sure you're serving them before you are just married to your systems. It blows my mind how many people, especially I think in the creative community, we can be very guilty of this. Um, And I used to be so guilty of this, refusing to alter a system or go the extra mile to serve a client who wants more of a unique process. Like if a client wants to pay me in a check and they're going to pay my top package, great, awesome. Like people don't really do that because I have like e-payments. But at the same time, if someone wants to honestly send, drive to my house and give me a check, great. If someone wants to pay me in freaking cash, great. I'm not going to sit here and be like, nope, you have to pay me through my online payment processor because that's how I do things. You know what I'm saying? If a client wants to do phone call instead of Zoom call, totally fine. I've totally done that before. If a client wants to inquire through my DMs on Instagram, like absolutely. Am I going to transfer it over to my email and set them all up in my CRM HoneyBook? Absolutely. But I'm not going to send them my inquiry page and be like, oh, sorry, you have to go through my 15-part inquiry form. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. I am going to go above and beyond to make the process of them literally giving me money as easy as possible. Make it easy. <laughs> Make it easy for people to give you their money. I mean, that's that's literally what we're talking about here. It's so funny because I mean, even when I talked about this cabinet situation, it's, you know, these people are saying that this is the only way that I can basically give them my money, which is hilarious if you think about it that way. It's like, well, maybe you don't want my money then. Okay, I guess I won't give it to you. Um, so just kind of remember if it's something like logistics, I mean, if it's like contracting, contract signing, whatever that is, 
you know, things that are almost keep you legal, things that are protecting you, things that are, you know, ensuring you can show up for them the best. Keep those things in place, obviously. But if it's if it's more logistical, uh, less about the what and more about just like the how, I would say be willing to bend and accommodate. Okay, number three, four, what are we on? Furniture. So uh, we had a story about going into a furniture store and dealing with some salespeople. Like again, this is another situation where it was a it was not a contractor, like a house renovation contractor, but uh I think the lessons will still be applicable. So it's also funny because we ended up selling this couch <laughs> that we bought. Whatever. Let me get into it. So we actually went to this furniture store and we like had never really been into this furniture store before. And right when we got in, we were approached by the salesperson. Okay. And let's just call this person for all intents and purposes, Jamie, because I would hope this person would never hear this. And I don't want to actually say this person's name. So let's call this person Jamie. And you know, Jamie showed us a couch and we liked the couch and they told us about the couch and we um, were like, yeah, like maybe this might be the right thing. But I remember like as they were showing us this couch, it's almost like they seemed like uninterested and just, yeah, like here it is, you know, da 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 And it was really odd in a lot of senses, I remember I didn't even get that bad of vibes, but I know my wife did. And she, I remember she just told me, she was like, that was kind of weird. Like she did not seem, I don't know. And so I was just thinking to myself, okay, I don't really know what that is. Anyway, turns out we had given this person, Jamie, our phone number. So uh, they texted us during the week. Um, no, we, t- I think they texted us with their number and then we were able to text them with any questions we had. So I think we'd sent them like a question or two or something like that. And the responses that we got from Jamie were such cold messages when we would ask questions, like they were such cold responses and, you know, I don't know, it almost felt like we were annoying this person, um, it was weird. I mean, they were, it was just like every sentence was like ended with a period and every sentence was just very like, it's almost like a robot was writing it back to us. And it just, I don't know, it was not kind and warm. It was very cold and curt and quick. Uh, so yeah, it really felt like we were kind of annoying them. So the next week, I think, or maybe two weeks after, I don't remember, but we went to the same furniture store, but it was actually in a different location. So it was like, on a different part of town. It was actually closer to our actual new house. So um, we saw the same couch and we we're like, oh yeah, there it is. Like maybe we're going to get it. I don't know. Anyway, another salesperson approached us, a completely different person. Obviously it was at a different location and let's just call the salesperson Kyle, right? So Kyle was so positive and he was so helpful and he was so friendly. And um, he actually told us with this couch, he was like, yeah, like this is like, this actually has like an upsell warranty on it um, where you can like add this on and basically you get like lifetime you get a lifetime warranty of if it has any scratches or uh, stains or anything like that that doesn't come out, like we will like totally replace or refurbish or whatever they were going to do. And so he was actually like selling us up on trying to get us to spend more money and all that kind of stuff. But he just seems so excited to like work with us and just, I don't know, like he wasn't pushy, but 
just seemed interested. And it's really funny because we were not planning to get that couch that day. We were just, I don't know, we were perusing through that store because we were like, hey, if we liked that couch, maybe we'll find some other stuff there. But it was really funny because after we talked to him, we actually decided, hey, let's just buy it today. Why not? And it was also funny because Kayla, Kayla was like, oh, should we get it through the other person? And I was like, honestly... I feel like that person didn't really sell us on this couch. I feel like this new person sold us on this couch, Kyle. And I just told her, I said, genuinely, it seems like Kyle wants the sale more. I don't know. I mean, that's like at base, like what I could describe of the experience. He just seemed like he wanted the sale more. So we we ended up buying from Kyle. Uh, and yeah, that's the end of the story. We bought from the dude who wanted it most. Um, so lesson number one, with this situation, you got to want it. You got to get the energy and body language and tone of voice even. I mean, even in texting, you know, even in what you're writing, like even in emails, you got to want it. People can feel that kind of a thing. And if you don't want it, if you if you communicate that you don't want it, or you're just like, yeah, well, yeah whatever, or you're cold, or you're curt, or you're just like, short with people, and just not willing to go above and beyond, and just not even acting excited, that's going to really turn people off, you know? And so lesson two, serve by actually showing what else you maybe offer. Like serve with your products, not only just with your service. People want to hear you get excited about your products. Like he upselled us. We ended up spending more on the couch than with the initial salesperson, yet we still went with the person who's technically offering us something more expensive, right? How, How does that check out? So that's what I just want to encourage you. Like sometimes you are maybe not, it's not that you're just like offering some, it's not that you're offering something that's too expensive. You may be offering something that's not enough for somebody and they want more out of what you offer. And if you don't, they feel like they're really not getting served. Some people don't just want to be served with a low budget, with low cost. I feel like so much of our culture is so engrossed in like, what can I get for cheap? But you have to understand that there's so many people out there who don't operate that way, who operate out of value, and they really want to get the most value. They're not as concerned about just cost, 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 and pinching every single penny. So I do think you want to show those upsells. You want to even have those upsells. Add a second shooter. You can add a uh, heirloom album. You can add extra hours. You can add this and that and the other thing. You can add a weekend uh, package, reception Uh, I mean, not reception, rehearsal day coverage, all that kind of stuff, because people want to shop with you. People want to see you excited about your products and selling them on your products with that excitement. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. I think there are probably others in the process of buying a house. But those were the ones I remember most vividly. Again, I really hope no buddy who, as I don't know, would listen to this. By I mean, there's no way they would know who I was, right? Okay, I think we're good. Um, but anyway, hope this helps. Be on the lookout yourself. When you are working with salespeople, have an eye for what is working and what does not work or what really turns you off and what really sparks your interest to think and look into something more, right? Uh, every time you work with salespeople, view it as an opportunity to learn from the experience and really glean as much out of that experience as you can. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening today. You're the absolute best for trusting me in your little earbuds today or wherever you're listening. So thank you so much. Great to have you here today. And I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Take care, guys.